0: 7th so we have uh, extraordinary news uh fantastic news for anybody that hasn't heard yet uh rudy roshman and uh, the rest of the guys um uh were freed oh Hashem, were freed were released from the uh, hellhole uh of uh, the prison of uh, in nigeria and uh as we speak they're on their way they're on a flight back to uh, uh to Israel uh which Baruch Hashem, is exactly as uh we thought was ideal uh there's really no reason for them to be there um and uh, Hashem, they're on their way home uh so this Baruch Hashem was a very very big siat adishmaia and uh we uh, want to thank a kedushah Hu properly so we're going to read mizmolotoda Anytime something major, something good uh, happens, uh, doesn't necessarily need to be something major for everybody. It could be major for you. Uh, it's uh, good to read to show to Hakadosh Baruch Hu to appreciative. It's good to uh, start off by saying a Toda. Even though I already did this earlier today, we'll do it together. the Hashem, as uh, as a it's it's the uh, Psalm 100. todah Ariu Kol Aritz et Adonai BeSimcha. Bolefana Birnana Duki Adonai U Eloim Uasanu Veloanachmu Amova Ton Marito Bo Shara Betoda Hatzero Tabetela Hodu Lobah Hushemo Kitov Adonai Lolam Hazdo Vado Vado emunato Munato Kdosh Bakhu is great, extraordinary amazing Ah there's simply not enough words in all of the vocabularies in the universe to to describe how amazing HaKadosh Baruch Hu is uh, because this whole situation with Rudy and the team over there uh, could have uh, been much, much worse than it was. Of course, even what happened uh, was a, definitely a uh, extraordinary Kapparat Avonot. But at the same token, Baruch Hashem, that it's over and uh, it's behind them. And Bezod Hashem, they will uh, go on to a life full of tovah and maasim tovim, and uh, and Bezot Hashem uh, uh, do a lot of uh, good uh, in the uh, Jewish world, uh, bezal Hashem. And of course, may we all do complete tshuva and uh, not only thank Hashem properly uh, for today, but thank Hashem properly for the for the rest of our lives. And really, this is one of the things that is uh, discussed in uh, this week's parasha. As I always tell you guys everything you ever want to get an answer for as uh, uh, that's happened to you in your life is you could always find it in the weekly parasha you know last week we had that uh you know wicked cursed show unorthodox uh released uh you know from the uh, seventh chamber of Genom uh into the jewish world and create confusion uh to create turmoil for for those among us that are very weak already in our still watching television and movies and Hollywood and uh, are constantly uh, setting our eyes on the uh, grass that doesn't belong to us, the field that doesn't belong to us, and the, uh, the life that doesn't belong to us, Am Yisrael. But nonetheless, that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu does when we look uh, out of curiosity. He, uh, at some point, this curiosity is going to uh, create damage. And of course all of those reshaim that uh, caused the damage akadosh barchu also give them uh, their own punishment uh, that as it says in the mis al al that in, in the beddin of shamayim akadosh barchu gives the uh, the good the the blessings to those that have have merit and the uh, the curses the, uh, the the problems the the job of being the uh, the stick that hits uh, the Jewish people uh, to those that have a uh, sins on their hands. Uh, so uh, you see that those people that have sins usually cause damage to society, and even if that society is their own dearest uh, and most beloved people in their own life. Uh, that's in essence. That's the uh, uh, merit they earned for themselves. You know, to cause they want to cause damage. Uh, to uh, to Am Israel, who make that uh, also cause damage for their own family, and in essence, that's what's going to happen with these people, and uh, we saw it in last week's parasha, where uh, it says at the end of parasha, Dvait Chanan Mishalem el sonav el panav Lavido, Akadosh who pays to, uh, uh, cash to uh, to the face of his haters uh, to destroy them. Uh, he pays them to their face and he will not delay the payment so part of the payment is to give them money that will destroy them part of the payment will give them uh fame and fortune to destroy them part of the payment will give them all types of other things that they don't want uh to destroy them and why because they are desecrating it Torah, and especially on a public level it's not like you could say these people are ignoramuses that they uh, were born in some kibbutz and they never learned anything this is a person that Lived in a Jewish community their whole life and decided to make the Jewish community and their Torah the number one enemy. Uh, and of course, the only way to deal with such things is with aggression and with with a hundred percent uncensored truth, uh, and not to uh, be uh, you know to uh, tiptoe around it and pretend like it's not so bad or anything like that. Because the reality is that if these people have an ounce of merit left in them, perhaps uh that's uh, that's being uh, uh covered by the clip of sins that they have then maybe the strong rebuke will break that clipa shell that they have and they'll wake up from their slumber uh but at the same token if i uh, if a person really understands what's happening here is that if a person wants to be a uh you know secular they don't want to follow Torah and mitzvot they tried it they don't like it they never connected to it whatever the case may be whatever craziness is in somebody's head that they decide that they have a better way than god's way fine if they want to do it you know it's, we uh you know we were sad uh but there's not much that we can do you can't force anyone to uh to be religious everybody to each their own they're gonna do whatever they want you obviously will try to help them you'll pray for them you'll even try to encourage them to come back but there's not much else that you can do if somebody wants to go and uh desecrate the Torah eat shrimp and and pig and 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 all types of bugs from the ocean and uh from the land and uh, be promiscuous and become the fire hydrant for the community and all types of other filthy disgusting things they want to do to themselves there's not much that you can do but when they decide that not only do they want to become secular but they want to become the enemy of the Jewish people. They want to become the enemy of the Torah. They want to become the enemy of Hashem by constantly publicizing their secularism, their uh, war against the Torah, their hatred of the Torah, their hatred of the religious Jewish people, their hatred of Hashem. When a person does such a thing like that, there's nothing else to do but to be even more aggressive towards them with words of course and 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 not uh, not with uh physical uh we don't have the sanhedrin that allows us to kill anybody uh or even hit anybody but nonetheless we have to be as aggressive as possible against those people because that's what the torah tells us to do we cannot just sit there and quietly hoping for the best while they're uh you know uh, declaring war and desecrating hashem's name as the gemara in maseret sanhedrin says and kavod larav in a place that there's desecration of Hashem, there isn't even consideration uh, of of honoring rabbis, meaning even if there was a rabbi that was desecrating Hashem's name, you can't even take that into account. You can't even take the honor of the rabbi into account uh, when it comes to the honor of Hashem. So when somebody decides to be secular, that's one thing and uh, even itself it's a, a form of of Hashem, of desecrating hashem's name but when somebody decides to go on tv and publicly and on a regular basis uh desecrate hashem's name that's a war against Hashem, and that's a war that we all we all have an obligation to fight we all have an obligation to fight in our own different ways some can fight by simply not watching some can fight by discouraging other people not to, not to watch some people can fight by uh, doing uh, other things like uh, talking bad about it and and, and simply uh, explaining to people how much of a danger it is, and so on and so forth. Everybody has their own role. And that was in essence in last week's Pasha. And this week's Pasha, Bo Hashem, this Pasha, Pasha is full of uh, extraordinary blessings and Hiushhim, and it's a uh, uh, just full of amazing things. But also the situation that happened with uh, with uh, rudy uh, and some of the other things that are happening in the world is also here, is also here, uh, because uh, you see that uh, in the beginning of the parasha, Hakadosh Baruch tells us, uh, you know, through Moshe Rabbeinu, that if we keep the mitzvot, we observe the mitzvot, we perform them, not keep them in a box, we actually perform these mitzvot, and Hashem. Will, will protect us will safeguard us because we safeguarded his uh his covenant and the kindness that he swore to our forefathers to to Yaakov is what he's going to give us and here it says and here he starts giving us a whole slew of blessings where it says hashem will love you hashem will love you if you do this you keep the line mitzvot hashem will love you It doesn't say Hashem will love you if you are uh, desecrating Shabbat. It doesn't say Hashem will love you if you love all the idol worshippers. It doesn't say Hashem will love you if you decide that uh, you want to run around imadist and uh, like a zonah. It doesn't say that. It says that if you observe the covenant, you observe the, uh, the, the Torah and the mitzvot, Hashem will love you and He will bless you and He will multiply you and He will bless the fruit of your womb and the fruit of your land, meaning that not only will you have the ability to bring children to the world, that HaKadosh Baruch will make this putrid seed, turn into a beautiful, wonderful human being, but on top of it, he'll give you the money to pay for all of it, he'll bless your land, he'll bless your panasah. And that's one of the things that really is the, uh, is, is the most... Uh, um, shameful about this generation of murderers, where people are constantly uh, murdering children uh, by performing abortions, and thinking that just because they don't see the actual baby walking around or crawling around, it's not murder. But unfortunately, it is 100% murder, and there's literally millions, millions of uh, babies murdered every single year all around the world, and uh, you know, it's funded in the United States. It's uh, a big part of it is funded by the actual government itself. Uh, but really, the biggest, uh, the biggest uh, uh, funder of it is the ignorance of people. People simply don't understand what they're doing. We talked about it a little bit in the uh, movie Tikuna Brit that we made. For anyone that wants to watch, there's a whole section uh, about uh, abortions, but. One of the things that uh, a person, you know, really that has their their brain still in their head uh, notices about people that are anti-Torah, anti-Jews, anti-Semitic, even if they're Jews themselves, is that they always talk about how religious people have a lot of kids. First of all, religious Jewish people are not the only people that have, or at least try to have, many kids. You, quite frankly, all religious people, all religious people Throughout all of history have I tend to have many kids. Why? Because throughout all of history, with the exception of this lowly degenerate generation, uh throughout all of history, everybody understood that to have children is a blessing. To have children is a blessing. Hence the reason why Kadosh Bahu says, Oh blessed the the fruit of your uh, uh I'll bless your womb. You'll have you'll have you'll have fruit come out of this womb, and it's not gonna be just uh, some sack. It's gonna be something that produces children and throughout all of history people viewed children as a blessing only this lowly pathetic uh, generation views having children as a negative thing and the reason why is because people are constantly worried about their own personal time there was somebody that did a research recently uh that was shown to me where uh it was asked what are you most concerned about in regards to having more children personal time you know, concerned for not having your personal time or not having the money or you simply uh, don't want or whatever the third reason was. And, uh, and and the number one reason why people were concerned about having not having more kids is because of personal time. They don't want to have more kids because they want to go on vacation more often and they want to go to uh, work more often and be slaves more often and, uh, and go drinking more often and, and so on and so forth. And in reality, they continue to live such a life that literally is so self-centered, so selfish that they don't even understand that something else exists in the world uh, besides them, and uh, they don't view having children as, as a blessing. Unfortunately, and you see it many times that the number one attack, most common attack that people have on the uh, the Jewish people is that they have uh, they have a lot of children, and uh, you know we wish we could have as many children as the Muslims have. But nobody ever talks about that. Muslims have a lot more children than the Jewish people do. Uh, but nobody ever talks about that. Because God forbid you talk about the, uh, uh, the Muslims. Uh, you, know, you know that you're most likely going to have your head put into a refrigerator the next day. And the government is too scared to do anything about it. Uh, but, but the reality is it's not as popular to be uh, anti-Muslim. Uh, 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 you're not going to have the same thing in, in, in many other th- uh, places. Why? Because it's a lot more fun, a lot more popular to be anti-Semitic, even if those anti, those uh, those Semites, those those Jews are your brothers and sisters. So the 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 good Jew, the Jew that has their head on their shoulders, views uh, having a child as a uh, as a gift, uh, as a gift that uh, will keep on giving. But unfortunately, when a person doesn't see it that way, that already shows that that person is not exactly thinking right. Not exactly thinking right. Uh, now, of course, everything has to be done in a uh, with that Torah. Uh The woman has to be uh, uh, healthy, both physically and, a, uh, and psychologically, uh, to, uh, to be ready to bring more children into the world. We're not saying that a woman uh, should simply be a, uh, uh, a person that doesn't have any free choice, like some people think. But uh, again, this is a, uh, one of the uh, things that uh, unfortunately has infiltrated the minds of the women in, a, uh, in, in the world today, especially uh, in the, these liberal types of women where they, uh, they want to have two dogs, maybe one kid, and uh, perhaps a carriage for each one of them, but make sure to have enough money for a vacation and at least a few weeks that's that's in essence what uh, what people view life as they view life as a place to have fun and uh you know as a person that's been around for a long time and met a lot of different people especially older people one of the most common things that i've heard throughout my life from from people that uh that are much older than i am uh but i learned a lot from is that one of the most common things that they they regret in their life is not having more children that's that's been one of the most common things. Uh, some people decided that they wanted to remain single, and uh, you know that was fun when they were thirty and forty and fifty, and they were going on different vacations. But as soon as they start going into their you know fifties uh, and mid fifties uh, and age, you sometimes even earlier than that, they start becoming very very miserable and uh, bitter, and many times even suicidal, because they realize that that single life, that uh, thought of uh, or illusion. Of being untouchable and you could just keep going on more and more vacations and have a blast by yourself is not exactly like they uh, thought it was going to be you know as they got older it's not as much fun as they thought it was going to be and uh, they become very very uh, bitter because they can no longer do the things uh, that they were able to do when they were younger and unfortunately many times people decide oh you know what okay even though i'm uh, 60 years old maybe i'll still get married and have a kid Right, listen there's no uh prohibition from having a child at uh, a later age at 60 years old and so on it's no problem if you could have a kid it's not you know, it's good uh but at the same token uh, you know it's you should think about it where you say listen why should i wait till 60 that by the time my kid's going to get married most likely you're either not going to be alive or even if you are you're probably in a wheelchair of some kind you know a person needs to think about some of these things but unfortunately most people don't think that far people think about only the wall that's in front of them uh they, they think about the wall that's in front of them and not necessarily things that are beyond that uh it's a uh it's it's, it's something too that a person needs to take into account anyway the parasha continues where uh, kadosh then tells us et ki that uh, one of the biggest traps that we have in the world from the time of creation until today is uh the issues of idolatry idolatry is not just a statue or a false god a, uh, a yeshua a jesus of, of nazareth or a, a buddha uh, or anything like that but rather a idolatry is also aside from that is also a uh, a wrong ideology an ideology where materialism becomes your priority in life or uh, some type of uh uh physical issues women men uh, attention pride money all these different things are different forms of idolatry and Akadash those who is telling us outright here that all of these are traps all of these are traps of the satan if you uh read enough Torah, you'll know that these are traps before you fall into them if you ignore the Torah you unfortunately only find out that they're traps after you're already inside them uh now then the uh, uh Baruch Hu continues to warn us about all types of idolatry to uh, one the only mitzvah to fulfill with the idolatry is uh is to uh to, to destroy it that's the only mitzvah you could do with idolatry and then in the uh, in the verse 26 in chapter 7 verse 26 it says that you should not bring a, an abomination into your home and uh, the of gaon, Rav Yaakov Kanievsky, Shalom, and many of the poskim of that generation said that, don't bring an abomination to your house, is a television. Don't bring an abomination to your house, is a television. If you bring a television into your house where you're, it's not just simply used as a screen to put, you know, uh, Torah lectures and... Uh, uh, kosher programming to educate yourself or your children but rather you're going to uh, put the news and sports and uh and, and shows and uh, movies and uh all types of gates to gain home, uh then uh, you're bringing a abomination into your house and it could be uh in shemaim the same way that it was paskind in this world as idol worship and that's uh one of the big things that uh we discussed last week that. All of these people that are feeling weakened as a result of the shows that they watch on TV or the movies they watched, and they feel less uh, connection to Hashem, more emuna problems, uh, more difficulties in their uh, in their uh, uh, servitude of Hashem. It's their own fault. You know, if you're continuing to watch TV, to watch movies, uh, even if it's on a computer, you know, if you're continuing to do all of those things, don't be surprised that uh you you know your neshama is slowly but surely going to uh you know run away from Hashem why because you are constantly practicing something that the Chachamim called an abomination and the Torah uh confirmed it uh so uh here is one of the other things that it says uh one of the other things that uh this also talks about is that when a person has all of this toy of all this abomination in his life they're going to have all types of ideological problems uh they're not going to have a, the right understanding of who's the one that's giving them the blessings the miracles who is the one that uh, freed rudy who's the one that uh gave you money to uh, to be able to uh you know live in a house who's the one that gave you a baby who's the one that gave you a wife or a husband you know people think no no uh, he was freed because such and such made a phone call or wrote a letter. Uh, he got a wife uh, because he uh, is a good-looking guy. She got a husband because she's a really nice person. He got the job because he's really good at what he does. And People put, pin all types of natural things on the blessings that they get in their life. And unfortunately, this is the wrong ideology. This is the wrong ideology. Why? Say uh, Here in the parashah it says... Uh, so Hashem says He wants to know what's in your. He's constantly going to test you by knowing what's in your heart uh, and to see whether you're, uh, you know, observing the Torah based on your uh, belief in Hashem and uh, and knowledge of Hashem, or simply because you live in a Jewish community and you feel bad. But most importantly, ki lo al alechim levado adam, ki al kol motza pi adonai adam that a person needs to understand that uh he's not uh living this is a uh, pasuk number 3 pasuk number 3 to long pasuk in chapter 8 where uh kadosh baruchu is uh, telling us that uh you need to know one of the most important one of the most important things that a uh, person needs to have in their ideology is that all blessings All blessings, all good, all bad, all everything comes from a Kadosh You were freed because Hashem decided you were freed. Not because somebody made a phone call, and not because somebody wrote a letter, and not because of an embassy, and not because of a Babatah. Nothing. Because Hashem decided this is when you're going to be freed. You uh, got money because Hashem decided that you're going to get money. You got married because Hashem decided you're going to get married. You got uh, the this because you am This is how the world works. And a person that does not understand that has an ideological problem. Now, of course, each person needs to have some type of effort to, uh, to, to do certain things. But just because you have effort doesn't mean you'll succeed. And also, just because you don't have effort doesn't mean you'll fail. We've seen that countless times throughout our lives. You know, many times you will try something and fail. Other times you won't try at all and succeed anyway. So it's, it's important for a person to know that everything comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and nothing comes from your own actions. Even the, uh, the land itself was not something that we were given because we were so righteous, because we uh, did such great things. That's actually one of the things this pasha says. Well, first it tells us that uh, he wants to make us know that it's not by bread alone does a man live, rather by everything that emanates from the mouth of God does man live. That's what the pasuk says in uh, chapter 8 verse 3 and then he says to us uh <inaudible> that take care lest not you lest you, you forget hashem your god why would i forget god he says after i gave you all these different blessings which i only covered a small portion of them don't forget god why because that's what we tend to do we tend to get blessings we say baruch hashem and 15 minutes later we forget about hashem we say baruch hashem a week later we forget about hashem we say baruch hashem two days later we're desecrating hashem oh i love hashem so much she tells me oh i love hashem so much she tells me oh hashem is the best hashem is the best okay so how come you're committing uh, a, a moral crime how come you're going with a married woman how come you're going with a uh, jew even though you're not jewish how come you're going with uh, uh stealing from the, your customers how come you're doing all You just said you love Hashem. How come you're going against Hashem? Oh, no, but I don't mean it that way, Rabbi. Oh, no, you don't need to explain yourself to me. You have to explain yourself to yourself. How could you on one hand, one side of your lip saying that you love Hashem, but the other side is I'm going to do whatever I want anyway. And that's unfortunately what happens a lot with people. It's like they find their like example that I gave you yesterday, which I heard from Rabbi Fry, which I think is a spectacular example, as simplistic as it is. Is they find their friend's wallet full of cash, and instead of returning the wallet, you know, saying Ba'ulcha Hashem, I, I I can do a mitzvah now by returning the wallet, they say Ba'ulcha Hashem, Hashem sent me meaning they're stealing their friend's money, but they think that that's the blessing from Hashem. It's 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 literally a uh, ideological uh, status of of someone that's literally almost spiritually dead. It's almost spiritually dead and unfortunately this happens many times when people get blessings of all types initially they thank Hashem they even make a public statement of their gratitude of Hashem and then they go back to sinning they go back to going against Hashem on a regular basis not thinking much of it because they figure listen Hashem understands my weaknesses as if that's okay and that's actually the next part of the parasha that uh that uh uh tells us over here that you have to know all of this Torah is not something that uh, just came to be by itself. Obviously, we went through the desert. We, uh, we went through uh, hell and back. We went through Egypt. We went through a lot of different things. And you have to understand that this was one miracle after another. And this miracle was not just done for your parents. He tells them it was not done just for you. It was done for everybody is the uh, you were gifted this uh not because you guys are uh, so righteous but rather because of the promise that Hashem made Mitzhak, and Yaakov. Mitzhak, and Yaakov. because even though in the uh chapter uh, nine he talks about uh he says don't uh, say in your heart that when Hashem pushes the the uh, the, the goyim away from the land before you saying that it's because of my righteousness that Hashem bring me to possess this land and it's because of the wickedness of these nations that did Hashem drive them away that we were righteous and they were wicked and that's why Hashem gave us the land who says to them don't think that for a second no why because you are a stubborn nation you didn't really deserve the the, the, the land Hashem gave it to you because he promised it to someone that did really deserve it your grandparents Abraham Yitzhak, and Yaakov now for you you got it because of them for you to keep it it's only because of your actions if you are righteous you'll keep it if not the the, the land will vomit you out remember and don't forget meaning it's a double commandment here now he says to them about all all the different things that they did how they uh went against the Mount Sinai even after they got the Torah they uh uh worship an idol he broke the ten commandments and so on and so forth and then he talks about uh, how the uh, the land is being divided He says that uh, therefore the Levi tribe doesn't have a share and a heritage in the uh, land like the rest of the uh, tribes because Hashem is his heritage Hashem is his heritage meaning the levy tries to not get a piece of the land so the Rambam in Mishneh Torah the Rambam Mishneh Torah Rabbi Mishneh Torah in Ilchot uh, Ilchot in chapter 13, it says, in the first Alakha, it says, Although the tribe of the Levi does not have an ancestral portion within Eretz Israel, the Jewish people were commanded to give them cities to dwell in and additional residential property. So even though they weren't gifted an actual piece of land, the Rabbi says that every one of the Uh, Other tribes were commanded to give them uh, pieces of their land. The cities include the six cities of refuge and 42 additional cities. When the cities of refuge will be added in the area of uh, Mashiach, all will be given to the Levites. So here you see that the the Levi tribe got uh, an enormous amount of property, even though they weren't gifted something uh, like the other uh, tribes. They were still extremely well off and, and had a lot of things and Hashem is their heritage. Now, we said earlier that the Torah that we got, well She says to us, well, the Torah that you got is not just for your parents, it's not just for you, it's for all your descendants. So what does it have to do with us? Why does the Levi tribe getting a piece of the land have to do with us? Because we already know, number one, you know, we don't know who all the uh, tribes are today. The land is not divided up that way today. You know we have to wait until mashiach comes Hashem. so what does it have to do with today so here the rambam says in Alcha, uh number 10 to 13 he says a few things so the entire tribe of levi are commanded against receiving an inheritance i mean they weren't even allowed to get an inheritance even if they wanted to or they wanted to negotiate something weren't allowed they were commanded against receiving a share in the spoils of the, when the cities were conquered and then in a uh um uh, number uh, 12 in chapter 13 the rambam says that why did the Levites, uh, the levites not receive a portion in the inheritance of Eretz Yisrael, and in the spoils of war like their brethren because they were set aside to serve god and minister unto him and to instruct people at large in his just paths and righteous judgments as it says in deuteronomy chapter 33 verse 10 they will teach your judgments to Yaakov and your Torah to Israel and therefore they were set apart from the ways of the world they do not wage war like the remainder of the Jewish people they do not uh, uh, nor do they uh, receive an inheritance nor do they acquire for themselves through their physical power instead they are God's Legion God has blessed his Legion and he provides them as, as the uh, Torah says in the book of Numbers chapter 18 verse 20 i am your portion and your inheritance so here we see that the levies have our nation within a nation if you will they have a special treatment they have a special treatment hashem wants them to be the rabbis hashem wants them to be the scholars hashem wants them to be the leaders the spiritual leaders of, of am israel he does not want them to spend any time whatsoever uh chasing uh big pieces of real estate and uh, different pieces of land and negotiating in stock markets and all types of things he doesn't want to do it he wants them to be the spiritual leaders and he says just because you're going to be a rabbi doesn't mean you're going to be homeless just because you're going to be a tommy doesn't mean you're not going to have food to eat the opposite hashem will take care of you hashem will take care of you now here we see that hashem makes a very very serious promise now but this promise didn't start here this promise actually already started the time of Yaakov Avinu. originally it was the firstborn the firstborn sons firstborn sons were in essence the uh the uh, uh the levies uh, at that time they were the uh the chosen ones but then when uh they uh, sinned Hashem gave that merit to the levy tribe but uh so we see one main thing that uh, made the levy tribe different is that throughout the whole time that we were in Egypt the levy tribes were the scholars they were the spiritual leaders and this answers the question that somebody asked uh, I think a week or two ago uh or they and I didn't think we we got to that question but I saw it in the uh in the thread they asked if uh the uh uh you know the midrash and Gemara says that Am Yisrael, when they were in Egypt each uh, birth were six babies how come there's not six moshe Rabbenus? this actually answers that question why because the torah says that the blessing of getting the six babies per, per birth was in essence not only to reproduce Am Yisrael, but also as a uh, burden on the egyptians that like the more they hit us the more they put burden on us the more they enslaved us the more they uh uh they uh saw us reproduce to be even more and more people now the uh uh the only people that were not enslaved were moshe and Aaron and, and the Levi tribe the rest of the Levi tribe why because one of the things that happened at the time that uh um that yosef At-Siddiq was the viceroy of, uh, of egypt is that he made a law and you see this in the torah he made a law that uh, there's a special, unique laws pertaining to the uh, people of spirituality, the religious leaders. This was a prophecy that he had, that he had to do this in order to protect Moshe Rabbeinu in the future, where Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron and all the levies are not going to be slaves. They're, they would. That's why Moshe and Aaron were able to walk in and out of Egypt without anybody stopping them, because they weren't supposed to be slaves. It's not like, you know, if, if technically... You know, this is uh, very uh, simple to understand because if uh, everybody was uh, supposed to be slaves in this one, so how would Aaron be excluded? Moshe used to be in uh, living in, uh, you can explain by saying Moshe was uh, part of the house of, of Paro when he grew up. But what about Aaron? Aaron was part of Amisrael. So how come Aaron was able to join him go in and out? Because Amisrael was still slaves throughout that year. So how come he was able to go in and out? Because he was a levy and the levies were not uh they were the spiritual leaders and therefore they were not uh serving as uh, as slaves and therefore they did not get the blessing of having six children per birth meaning that you know Aaron was born by himself uh Miriam born by herself uh the uh Moshe Rabbenu, born by himself they didn't get the blessing because they weren't slaves so that's uh, yeah the explanation for that but we see here that uh, the says that wants the levies to be special people that are not burdening themselves with the ways of the world as far as money and chasing real estate and so on and he will take care of the palace now what this again i still haven't answered the big question of what does this have to do with everybody of this generation not just the levy tribe of this generation but everybody of this generation you read the next by the rambam and he's in Al-Khan number 13 chapter 13 Al-Khan number 13 not only the levi tribe but any of the inhabitants of the world whose spirit generously motivates him and he understands with his wisdom to set himself aside and to stand before god to serve him and minister to him and to know god proceeding justly as god made him removing from his neck the yoke of the many reckonings which people seek, he is sanctified as holy of holies. God will be his portion and heritage forever and will provide what is sufficient for him in this world like he provides for the priests of the Levites. And thus, King David declared in Psalm 16, verse 5, God is the lot of my portion, you are my cup, you support my lot. So here, the uh, uh, the Rambam calls the scholars that dedicate their life to just learning Torah and not do anything else, where they're not looking to teach Torah for the sake of money, they're not looking to learn Torah for the sake of money, they're simply looking to do the the uh, the uh, uh, live the Torah life, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, without any uh, uh, exceptions they uh, are looking to uh simply serve hashem because that is what hashem wants the rabban calls them kodesh kodeshim holy of holies and these are the people that will get whatever they need from hashem whatever they need from hashem so this actually is uh, to have a uh uh such a blessing he says you don't have to be from the Levi tribe anybody could do it anybody that wants to be an Avrech, Anybody that wants to be a full-time Torah student can get this blessing. Now, of course, the blessing comes with tests. The, the, the blessing comes with the price. Uh, to, to, you, you don't just become, uh, you know, considered holy of holies in the eyes of Hashem just because you don't feel like going to work all day and you want to watch uh, videos. It doesn't work that way. Meaning if a person really dedicates themselves 100% to uh for the sake of heaven to, to learn to walk and those who will give them whatever they need we'll give them whatever they need and uh how are they going to get whatever they need Through different people hashem is going to use different messengers to uh to help them whether it's a person that's going to donate to them a person that's going to give to them they're going to find something they're going to inherit something there's countless different ways that uh, you get to see uh, and meet different uh throughout uh you know your life and you get to see how each and every single one of them is literally a walking miracle. And you see that some of these avrechim, they're doing well. They own, a, uh, they own a house or an apartment in Yerushalayim or different places in Israel they, uh, that's fully paid off, no mortgage. They have, Baruch Hashem, a house full of children, everything that they need. And still, the salary that they get from the kolel is uh, still the same measly $500-$600 uh, that they get from the kolel. You know, they get $100 from the government. They used to get 200, uh, but people made a big deal out of it, so now they get 100. Like, what are you going to do with 100 dollars? That's what the, you know. All the all the cry out that people have against the religious people milking the uh, the government. Oh, they're taking so much money from the government. What were they getting from the government? We're getting 800 shekels a month. That's it. The guy's learning, you know, a uh, uh, for morning to night every single day, and he gets 800 shekels a month. How much is 800 shekels a month? It's a little over 200 dollars. Now this Avigdoi lowered it to one hundred dollars. Lowered it to uh, you know to one to three hundred seventy shekels, which is a little over a hundred dollars. That's what an Avreich with a family of eight, ten people. That's what he gets from the government, and people are uh, you know uh, still up in uh, arms about it. But if you're a terrorist, if you're a Palestinian terrorist and you kill Jews, then the government gives you three thousand shekels plus a month, like. It actually pays to kill Jews in the Israel. Because if you kill Jews in the name of, 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 of the Palestinians, then you get a few thousand shekels a month. Your family gets a few thousand shekels a month while you're in jail and so on. But if you're an tzaddik, learn Torah, Kodesh Kodashim, no, no, no. You, only a hundred shekels. We don't even want you in this country. That's obviously the communist mentality that you have, unfortunately, in the secular government. Why Why is all of this happening, Abutai? because the next part of the parasha says va taisray ma adonai elohekha sho'el meimah ki im lir'a et adonai elohekha lalekhet bekol derakah ul'avah oto vel'avod et adonai elohekha bekol levavekha bekol nafshekha lishmorat mitzvot adonai ve'et chukotav asher anukhi yom hayom latov lach en la'adonai elohekha hashamayim u'shmei hashamayim va'aret vekol asher here this particular verse is the it's if for anybody that has read the chumash they didn't need my help to uh, to uh, uh, to tell them that uh, the manus freedman's of the world that tell you that god needs you or all of these uh care bear erev Rav rabbis that tell you that you could do whatever you want you don't need me for that why you read this verse you understand exactly why they're all heretics all the people that say that hashem needs you Or that uh, you could do whatever you want. Hashem is going to forgive you no matter what you do. This particular verse destroys all of that. Why? If you understood the Hebrew. If you didn't understand the Hebrew. We'll give you a translation. Chapter 10. In Parashat Ekev. Book of Deuteronomy. Chapter 10. Verse number 12. Until 14. says. Now O Israel. What does Hashem your God ask of you? Only to fear Hashem your God to go in all his ways and to love him. Notice that the fear came first. And to serve Hashem, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul, to observe the commandments of Hashem and his decrees, which I commanded you today for your benefit. Notice he doesn't tell you could do whatever you want. You want to show Hashem that you fear him. You want to show Hashem that you love him. You want to show Hashem that you're serving him. You have to fulfill the commandments. There's no such thing as I'm religious in my heart. I'm spiritually connected, but I don't keep Shabbat. Doesn't, there's no such thing. You have to fulfill the Torah as the Torah says. It says you have to observe the commandments of Hashem and His decrees. What's the commandments and the decrees? Why two things? You have the written Torah and the oral Torah. That I command you today for your benefit. This is all for your good when you don't think it's for your good there's something wrong behold to Hashem your God are the heaven and the highest heaven the earth and everything that is in it this particular verse number 14 cancels out the Manus Friedman ideology which says that God needs you why here you have an outright verse where Hashem says outright if anybody anyone doesn't understand I'll explain it in simple English I don't need you nor do I need your mitzvot. Why? Everything is a shems. Everything is a shem. You are a shem. You belong to a shem. To a shem your God are the heavens and the highest heaven, the earth and everything that's in it. Everything is his. He doesn't need you or your mitzvot or anything. Anyone that tells you otherwise is 100% an apikos. It's an apikos. But that's unfortunately one of the things that people don't understand is that when you are going to go and teach Torah, you have to make sure that you're not just teaching Torah based on your own understanding. You have to learn Torah. You have to learn Torah from the sages of past and you have to learn Torah from the chachamim of today. And that's one of the things that uh, one of the g'dolei adol, Rabbi Yosef, in a letter that uh, he wrote to, uh, he wrote me, uh, he says, uh, you know, he teaches. There's a divrei Torah, of course, in it that Beis will publish it uh, next week. Uh, but uh, he says, he says the, the following. He gives a limut Torah in this letter. He says. This is the path where light dwells. Meaning, he's about uh, Rav Yitzhak Yosef, one of the Gedole Adon, the Rishon Lezion, and the chief Sephardic rabbi, says the following This is the path where light dwells. That a person should acquire for himself a lot of Torah, pure fear of God, and be dedicated to the study of Musa and the correction of character traits. He must humbly consult with the sages of the Torah, not talking about just the sages of the past, but sages of today, which we'll emphasize in a moment again. He must consult with the sages of the Torah, this is called shimush, and make sure that his hand does not move out of their hand. And only when his time coincides with knowledge does he set out to teach Torah to others. Meaning, you can't just decide. Just because you like to watch read Torah, you decide you're gonna go teach Torah to people. You can't just decide because you read a few books, you're gonna go teach people whatever you f- understand. It doesn't work that way. You have to have somebody make sure that your knowledge is correct. You have to make sure that somebody is your constant guide to tell you when you're wrong, when you're right, what, uh, you know, which way to go, right or left. And that's one of the things that you see that's very common with people that go off completely Is that the one common denominator is that they don't have anybody that they report to they don't have a rabbi they don't have an authority figure in their life they're their own boss they're their own boss and in the world of torah there is no such thing if you want to be a kosher Jew, you want to be a kosher teacher, you want to be a kosher uh, student, you have to have a rabbi. That's what the Mishnah in Avot is. It's the Mishnah. It says, lecharav, make yourself a rabbi. And not just say, no, I'll make myself a rabbi. Uh, Rambam is my rabbi. No, 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 Khabib. You can't just say the Rambam is your rabbi. You have to have a posek as a rabbi, someone that you're going by the Al-Khot, which goes by the Shukhan Aruch, and whatever the Shukhan Aruch did not cover, Uh, by Rabbi Yosef Karo and the uh, Rama, then we paskin based on the Rambam. That's generally how it goes. Of course, you have the modern-day Poskim that uh, elaborate on things uh, that are uh, relevant to today that uh, were not discussed in the Shulchan Aruch because of the technology and the advancements of things. But generally speaking, the blueprint of law for Am Yisrael is the Shulchan Aruch. And the Rambam, that's the main things. Of course, there are Rishonim, there's Gemara, there's Mishnah, there's a lot of different things. But nobody Paskins, no one that's a kosher Jew, Paskins based on the Mishnah or the Gemara or whatever they feel like it. No one does that. If someone does that, is considered a bull and a Amaretz and most likely a Rasha. A bull is somebody who doesn't know anything, an ignoramus and a wicked person. But that's unfortunately one of the things that people don't understand. You can't just pick and choose whoever you want to listen to you can't, and, 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 uh, and uh, decide what you're going to do. One young guy tells me, listen, you know, I'm Sephardic and a lot of things I hold by Rabovadiyah, but certain things I hold by somebody else and different puskim that I have in my house. You can't just decide that, no, I'm going to hold by Rabovadiyah whenever I feel like it. It doesn't work that way. You have to have a rabbi. That's a pusik, number one. Number two, you have to have a living rabbi. A living rabbi that's going to guide you. A living rabbi that you're going to ask questions. A living rabbi that you're going to listen to everything he says. That's what you have to have. It's not a suggestion, it's an obligation. And unfortunately, many times you see these people that are perhaps well-known on the internet, well-known in their community, but they do things that are against the Masoret, against the Torah, against all the traditions and so on. Why? Because they are their own boss. They don't have any... Fear whatsoever, not of God, not of rabbis, not of anything. Why? Because they think that they're right. And that's one of the things what the Rishon Letzi on here discusses. He says, Not only do you have to consult humbly with the sages of the Torah, with Torah scholars, but you have to make sure that the hand does not move out of their hand. And only when his time coincides with knowledge does he set out to teach Torah to others. He doesn't just decide, no, Rabbi, I'm going to start giving a shul uh, every Tuesday to, uh, in, in my shul. Uh, did your rabbi say it's okay? Oh, I didn't ask him. Oh, you decide, just decided to go give Shu That's it? You just decided? Yeah. What's the big deal? It's not a good thing? is not kiruv. Yeah, it could be if you know what you're doing, and, uh, but what if you don't know? What if you're wrong? No, no, all I'm doing is I'm just uh, learning Gemara with them. But who says that you're understanding the Gemara the right way? Who says that you understand the Musa the right way? You have to know that it's. You have to be very, very careful. Why? Because people's lives are at risk. But that's why Moshe Rabbeinu starts with, "What is Hashem really asking of you?" But to fear Hashem. It all starts with fear of Hashem. That's what the Mishnah Avot says, "A person of his fear, his fear is the priority in his life. His wisdom will be fulfilled. But as a person that considers his wisdom the priority is uh, and has uh, has no fear, his wisdom will not be fulfilled." So then the Rishon the of and the Rabbi Tsankishif continues. And he says, then his heart can be confident that a mishap is certainly not going to come about through him. So when a person has a rabbi that he listens to and even rabbis that he listens to about different specific things and, and people that are not just his friends, people that have no bias whatsoever, no agenda no uh anything else they're simply people that have da Torah. a person that listens to that you know that you're going to go in the right direction you have nothing to fear and then the rishon says this which was shocking to see this they write this in a letter to me he included something very extraordinary he says contrary to what happens in our generation an orphan generation with people who have not yet read and reviewed their own studies properly and especially did not serve Torah scholars sufficiently yet they go out to lead congregations publicly and step on the heads of the holy nation He says look at all, look what happened to this orphan generation that has no one to report to they don't want to report to any rabbi even if the rabbi is the biggest chacham in the world they still don't want to listen to him so what happens with this orphan generation they have themselves the, the, the rabbis themselves of this generation many times themselves haven't studied enough haven't don't have enough knowledge but they go and they not only start communities on their own and uh, lead congregations on their own without uh, any worry whatsoever but on top of it they arrogantly step on the leaders of the generation while they're in the process not stepping on the leaders by taking people's jobs but stepping on the leaders by saying no no nobody knows anything except me and he says worst of all is that they arrogantly say, I will reign. Every one of them thinks they're the biggest chakam. There's this one idiot in New York. I forget his name. Shem Rashaim anyway. He decided that he's a nazir. He's a nazir. There's no nazirim anymore, but he decided he's a nazir. He's a nazirite. And because he's a nazirite, he doesn't have to put on tefillin anymore. doesn't put on tefillin. He tells his community in New York not to put on tefillin anymore. This is... This is the Gemara says a Jew that Judah does not put on tefillin is one of the people that goes to Gehenna and never comes out. But this Rasha Merusha says, no, no, I'm a Nazir. You don't need to put on tefillin if you're a Nazir. Complete stupidity! Complete stupidity! Now it didn't start that way. He originally started by being one of these people that goes against the Zohar and goes against the, uh, everything that uh, you know he doesn't agree with. He has nobody to report to. He has no rabbi. He's his own rabbi. He's his own God. He's his own everything. But he pretends to be a Jew. And this is unfortunately one of the things that happens in many places. And the people are unfortunately not knowledgeable enough or strong spiritually enough to really call him out and t- throw him in the garbage where he belongs. Or the people like him, uh, like this Sasha uh, Dweck from, uh, from, uh, from uh, the UK instead of firing this guy and throwing him into a sewer what do they do they get they pay him a million and a half dollars a year to be the rabbi in the uh, congregation over there in, uh, in in england it's the most moronic thing in the world you pay a guy that was thrown out of New York because he's a heretic thrown out of his own Syrian community in New York because he's a heretic but you give him a job and pay him a million and a half dollars a year to what to read you uh, Fiddler on the Roof and uh, Fifty Shades of Grey and all types of uh, heretical books. His first book that he recommended in the book club is a uh, a book that an atheist wrote. I mean, a rabbi, like if, if an atheist organization is recommending an atheist book, okay, good, he's doing his job. But a rabbi is recommending a book that was written by a famous atheist, like... This is unfortunately what happened today. When you have people treat the synagogue, treat the bet midrash like a social club, they don't have the uh, the intellectual wherewithal or the spiritual wherewithal to even know who the right rabbi is. And the rabbis themselves, unfortunately, as the Rishon LeZion himself is saying, many times—not all the time, of course. There's many good rabbis, but many times you'll find that these manis Friedmans of the world and Mezas of the world and Dweks. And all these other people they were not something that just appeared in the world they've always been bad they've always been off for a long period of time and they've just gotten worse over time and the damage continues to grow the damage continues to grow and instead of recognizing the fact that they're you know not doing what the torah says instead they mock it they mock it they make fun of it they step on more torah leaders they make fun of more torah scholars and that's in essence what the is saying here is that each one is arrogantly saying I will reign and moreover he writes they publicly disagree with the Torah scholars whose smallest finger is thicker than their waists <laughs> there are some who even dare to disagree with extreme arrogance against the Gdole Adol, the greatest Rabbis of the generation who when they rise even Lions are frightened both in matters of Alaha and matters of hashkafah may good God forgive them he says here some of these people are so arrogant that they start a community even if they don't even have enough knowledge themselves he says some are even worse some are even saying no no I'm the I, I, I disagree with the biggest uh, the rabbi of the city he said some are so horrible they do it publicly like Meza. they go against the biggest rabbis in the world not just the rabbis of this generation but they all go against the oh no the Gemara Rabbis, no, they're just amora'im. They're just amora'im. Oh, he's just a Rishon. The Rambam, he's just a Rishon. It's just a Midrash. They treat them like they're commoners in a supermarket. He says, these people have no idea what they're dealing with, but instead of recognizing their, their weaknesses, they actually use, the, they tell people that their weaknesses are their strengths, and they literally disagree with the Doleado Ador of all the generations publicly, publicly. Like, if your your foolish and arrogance was at least inside you, inside your own house, and only your wife had to suffer, okay, you know, listen, uh, at least the damage is contained. But unfortunately, these people are so foolish and so arrogant that they publicize their stupidity. Like, the world would have never known how stupid they are if they wouldn't have opened their mouth. But unfortunately, because people do not learn enough Torah, and they compare the the speakers they listen to to every other speaker out there the uh, the you know the the uh uh the self-help gurus and the uh the coaches and the businessman uh, uh speakers they compared the rabbis to them also based on simply whether they connect to their voice and their speech pattern and that's how they determine who they're going to listen to for spiritual advice and according to uh, to the torah and unfortunately this is the weakness of many many communities this is the weakness of many many people around the world is that they don't have enough knowledge to even know what they don't know and how to make the right choices hence the reason why the vision that's is saying here is that it's important for each and every single one of us to know you have to have fear of the almighty if you're going to be a kosher Jew whether you're male or female doesn't matter you have to have fear of the almighty where does he get it from? He gets it from this week's parasha as one of the countless places in the Torah. It talks about fear of Hashem. What does Hashem want from you? Fear of Hashem. The Gemaraim Masechet Shabbat uses this verse from this week's parasha. It says, A Baruch Hu created the world only for you to fear him. That's it. That's it. Only for you to fear him. What's one of the proofs? What's one of the proofs? One of the proofs is the, uh, the thunder. Thunder, what does thunder do? What does thunder do? You say, oh, thunder makes noise. Okay, thunder makes noise. Thank you very much for telling us that thunder makes noise. What does it do in the world? What? Like, Hashem obviously created the thunder, created lightning, created wind, created the water, created air, created you, me, created everything. Obviously, he has infinite wisdom. He didn't create anything with no wisdom. He created everything with wisdom. That's why it says. Hashem created the world uh, with wisdom Bereshit, the Ramban says is the wisdom so Hashem created everything with wisdom meaning that everything has a purpose what is the purpose of Thunder tell me what's the purpose of Thunder you don't need to be a scientist or a genius tell me the purpose of Thunder what does it do in the world it makes noise great thank you very much for making noise tell me something else that it does in the world why would Hashem create Thunder it doesn't create any energy it doesn't create it's not no one eats it no one drinks it. No one breathes it. No one can see it. What is the point of thunder? You know what the point of thunder is? To scare you. That's the only point of thunder. That is the ultimate and only point of why Akadosh Baruch created thunder. For you to be scared. Why would Hashem want you to be scared? Because that's how you will be able to serve Him. If you hear thunder where it literally sounds like Hashem is breaking in the world, it makes you think of Hashem. It makes you think of Hashem. It makes you think, maybe, you know what? I got to do Tshuva. So we see here that the, the, the notion that fear of the Almighty is not a good way to serve God is literally antithetical to the Torah because it is the main way to serve God. It is the ultimate way to serve God. It is the only way to serve God. And only after you fear Him will you be able to even love Him. But before you fear him, you don't even know what love is. And that's one of the things that we could learn from Pashat Ekev, as one of the many, many other things, Bezat Hashim. מברך את הרב לרגע רגע 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 מברך את הרבנים הרב ירון רובן הרב אפרים כחלון ראש יגור במסכת השם שנסיעם לכולם שאלו בחוף ידיון שאלו באלה באלה ילה ברכה והצחה ובזכותיהם בליבי שודותי בפ לטובה וניברכה שבכל אשר יפלו ויצלחו נזכור גם צד כאנה וכנה אדילו תורה לדירה עבד ואם בכל הוא יהודי הזה הוא את כל business. אמר Florida. משקיע אפ"מ בורlama של טורקיה. בפלורידה. פלורידה. זה פלורידה. כן אנחנו שם עכשיו